I'm Calico Field, and you're listening to the Physics Buzz Podcast. Scientists think they may have found the lowest temperature brown dwarf ever detected. It's a new discovery that begs the question, what is a brown dwarf and why should I care about them? They are essentially failed stars. They form like stars, but they don't get big enough to ignite with fusion. So when you consider that their bigger siblings grow up to be billions of degrees, you can kind of understand why it's interesting to find one that's room temperature. Now, this discovery doesn't shatter the previous record. The next coolest brown dwarf we know of is very close to this temperature, but it is still extremely rare to find brown dwarfs in this temperature range. The scientific team that found the object still have to confirm that this is a brown dwarf or a large planet. They hope to do so by the end of the summer. Brown dwarfs get kind of a bad rap. They're failed at being stars. They're cold, dark orbs of matter living alone in the vacuum of space. But from a scientist's perspective, these objects actually lead fascinating lives. They're neither stars nor planets, yet they can teach us something about both those objects. I talked with Dr. Kevin Lumen, an assistant professor at Penn State University and one of the researchers who found the new object. The goal was to find very cold companions orbiting nearby stars, stars that are close to the sun. And one reason to do that is we want to find the coldest objects that have been seen outside the solar system. So we want to find the coldest ones possible so that we can use them as laboratories for studying very cold atmospheres, uh, like the cold atmospheres that you would find in gas giant planets. But if you have a brown dwarf, for instance, the same temperature as a planet, but it's in space by itself, or maybe it's orbiting at a very large distance from a star, then in that case, that brown dwarf is, you can directly see it, and you can use it as a substitute for studying uh, cold atmospheres that you would find in planets. Uh, so for instance, Jupiter, its atmosphere uh, has a temperature of about 150 degrees Kelvin, whereas the object that we found here has a temperature of about 300 degrees Kelvin, which is similar to the temperature of the Earth. So brown dwarfs could be a stand-in for studying extrasolar planets. It turns out that molecules and heavy atoms, things that are very common here on Earth, can't stay together at the temperatures found in stars. But brown dwarfs are cool enough to host heavy elements. There may even be brown dwarfs cool enough to host clouds of vaporized water. On the flip side, brown dwarfs can be used to study stars because they define the cutoff for the lowest mass at which fusion can ignite. Well, astronomers have developed uh, a number of different theories for how stars like the sun are born. And those theories make different predictions for the biggest stars and the smallest stars that can be born. And so one way to test whether the theories are correct for how stars are born is to measure what the biggest mass of star is that's born and what, what the smallest mass is. And by measuring the biggest, finding out what the biggest stars are and the smallest stars are, you can determine whether your theory is correct. So scientists are trying to find cooler and cooler brown dwarfs. But finding cold objects in the universe is hard. Brown dwarfs don't radiate visible light, so Dr. Lumen and his team had to look in infrared light, using images they took with the Spitzer Space Telescope. 
They were looking for brown dwarfs living near already known cosmic objects. They found this particular brown dwarf near a white dwarf, which is a very small, dense star.、Um, this is actually a little bit similar to the way Pluto was discovered. Pluto was discovered about a century ago through photographs. Of an area of sky, they were taken a few weeks apart, and Clyde Tombaugh noticed a faint point of light that moved across the sky between those two photographs.、Uh, and it's basically the same method here, except our photographs are spaced a few years apart. But what we did was check the photographs to see whether there was a faint point of light that was moving between the two photographs in the same manner as the white dwarf. This isn't even the first brown dwarf that Dr. Lumen has discovered. Out in the final frontier of space, it's not uncommon for people to find things that no one on Earth has seen before. I was glad to hear Dr. Lumen say that the thrill of discovery never goes away. I've been searching for brown dwarfs, both by themselves in space and as companions, for a little over a decade, and so there have been a number of other、uh, brown dwarfs, again by themselves and as companions, that I've found. Is it still exciting though to find something that no one's ever seen before? Oh, certainly, yeah, and that's that's、uh, why I do this. It's it's fun to be pushing the limits and finding objects that are either colder or smaller than have been found previously. That's all for the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. You can find resources, activities, podcasts, and our Physics Buzz blog at physicscentral.com, and you can learn about our mothership, the American Physical Society, at aps.org. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz.